From WUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Taylor Burnett. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. A special weather and sports edition this week on The Outlet. It's Winter Weather Awareness Week, and WUB's forecasters have facts about winter you may not have known. And the story of wide receiver Sam Wiglow and his journey from Ohio State to The Ohio University. He loves competing. He's been at a place that uh, he's seen some great players play, and he wants his opportunity. In men's basketball's Dwight Wilson, who's back on the court after a season away. He told me about how excited he is to get back out on the court. I wanted to not only come back, but come back and make a statement. And you know, there was that took a different kind of grind. These stories and more right here on the outlet. This week is Winter Weather Awareness Week in Ohio and West Virginia. WUB lead forecaster Aaron Ashley and forecaster Jacob Van Cleve are here to answer and ask some questions. Aaron, Jacob, what is Winter Weather Awareness Week? Yeah, thank you, Taylor, for having us. Uh, Winter's uh, Weather Awareness Week is just a week in which um, we kind of shed light on different kind of weather conditions you might expect throughout the winter seasons. Um, I know that at the state level they call it Winter Safety Awareness Week, but we wanted to take it to the next level, kind of educate everyone a little bit extra. And so throughout this week, WOUB, we've just been shedding light a little bit on like what makes winter winter, as well as, you know, a lot of the safety aspects as well. On the whole style of educating people, Taylor, I figured on today's segment of The Outlet, what better thing to do than to educate you and see what, just what you know about oh. winter weather. Oh boy, let's see. <laughs> We're going to keep points, by the way, so you better be prepared. Oh, Oh, no, I'm being graded. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They're all just true or false questions, so nothing too intimidating. And they're, you know, they're a little bit of fun. Um, We learned a couple things along the way. But I'll go ahead and start by asking the first question, Taylor. True or false, the heaviest snowfall recorded was in Silver Lake, Colorado in 1921, and it was at 6.3 inches of snow. False? Yeah, it's false. It's actually 6.3 feet of snow. And this happened, again, at Silver Lake in Colorado in 1921. So that happened over 100 years ago. Yeah, and what's crazy about that is that that was just in one day. They had plenty more right after that. Absolutely. So I'll ask the next one here. Uh, True or false? Uh, Snowflakes fall in different shapes and sizes. Okay, I feel like this one's too simple, but now I'm worried. <laughs> True? Yes, that's correct. I started off easy with you, but uh, it's good to know snowflakes fall in different shapes and sizes. And what changes that is the actual temperature of the air and then, like, the winds that are going around it. Oh, good job, Taylor. You're on a roll. <laughs> um, so the next one, true or false, the only state in the United States that has yet to record over a foot of snow is Hawaii. That's a tough one. <laughs> I'm going to say true. Dang, Taylor, it's actually it's false. Um, Florida is also another state that has yet to break the record of having a foot of snow. They get which, plenty of frost, just not snow. Yeah, Jake's from Florida. Yeah. Fun fact. Actually, you know, it's funny about that. They have iguana warnings where the iguanas would freeze and fall out of the trees. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I'll start with the next one here. You like sports, don't you? Absolutely. Okay. How much do you know about the Olympics? A decent amount. Okay. Well, true or false? We all love the Olympics, correct? Well, I'm assuming. But historically, there has always been a winter and summer Olympics. True or false? 
false. Yes, that's correct. Actually, the first Winter Olympics was held in 1924. Before then, it was just Summer Olympics, and it started with the ancient Greeks. All right, and I'll go ahead and just jump right into the next one. True or false, the Earth is the farthest from the sun in the winter. Okay, I got to say false. Mm. Now, do you know why? Yeah, do you know why? Because it's only one side of the Earth that is turned away from the sun? I give it to her. Yeah, I give it, I'm going to give it I'll to her. I'll take it. Yeah, because it's actually, um, the seasons are based on the tilt of the Earth's axis, rather where it is in location, in relation to the sun, actually. Oh. Um, the Earth is uh, closest to the sun during the winter, Um but winter in the northern hemisphere happens when the earth is tilted away from the sun. So that's why we get all those cool temperatures. Yeah, I guess because the earth turns every day yeah. is the fun theory behind that. And why you guys were like, well, we'll consider it. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave you with one more good-hearted one. Uh, true or false? The residents of Bethel, Maine, built the largest record snowman, which stood 122 feet tall. Ooh. I hope it's true. Well, actually, it's false, and it's more of a trick question because the record Snow Woman was made in 2008, and it took over a month to complete. Close. So close. So close. You did really good, Taylors. You did fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of these questions I personally didn't know the answer to, so when I was coming up with them, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is actually a little bit of learning for us, too. And so that was lead forecaster Aaron Ashley and forecaster Jacob Van Cleve. One Ohio football player is getting national attention. WUB reporter Ethan Sargent has more on Sam Wiglow and his journey to Peden Stadium. The success stories continue to roll in for the 7-3 Ohio football team who are inching closer to a MAC title berth. While there's headlines all over the field, one name stands out, Sam Wiglow's. He's forged an instant connection with Curtis Work and garnered national attention for his performances. He had a unique path to Peden Stadium and the Bobcats football program. After graduating from Brexville Broadview Heights High School in Northeast Ohio, he walked on at Ohio State, otherwise known as Wide Receiver U. Led by Hallmark receivers coach Brian Hartline, the Buckeyes have sent countless talented receivers to the NFL, and the talent just keeps on flowing in Columbus, as Marvin Harrison Jr. has been one of the best receivers in the country in a stacked receiver room. Marvin Harrison Jr. and a number of the Buckeyes receivers came to Peden Stadium to watch as Wiglets put up 131 yards and two scores in Ohio's 45-24 victory over Buffalo two weeks ago. And after learning under and with the best, Wiglets credits plenty of his success this season to his tutelage under Heartline and the brotherhood at OSU. There's guys that may be faster than others, stronger than others, um, or neither of those things. Um, you know, I might not be the most physically gifted, but um, I took a lot, a lot away from what he taught. Um, you know, and there's guys of all different kinds of statures and builds that um, came from Ohio State and are doing well in the NFL. His development has not slowed down in Athens. Dwayne Dixon is also one of the premier receiver coaches in the country, and he's continued to push Sam to reach the highest level. Sam's a good coachable player that takes the information from the classroom, uh, the illustrations he sees, he's able to matriculate it and make it useful on the field. He's one of those guys that he loves the game, he loves competing, He's been at a place that uh, he's seen some great players play. 
and he wants his opportunity. Wiglets has exploded onto the college football scene with 59 catches for 714 yards and nine touchdowns through 10 games, and he's far from finished. So far, uh, I think we're very happy with where we're at. Um, every goal that we could have had preseason is still in front of us, uh, so that's all you can ask for. I'm getting late into the season, so we just got to keep executing, and hopefully we'll end up where we want to be. As the Bobcats continue their push for a first MAC title since 1968, they'll count on Wiglets to lead a talented receiver room. WUB Sports Director Aiden Crowley and Associate Sports Director Maria Manessi were at the game against Ball State. Ohio quarterback Curtis Rourke took a pretty awkward hit. Yeah, Taylor, you're absolutely right. And it came at a pretty unfortunate time for the Bobcats. They were rolling, especially in this game, but just overall in the season. They were cruising 17-0 in the second quarter. It looked like all green light go, and it looked like they'd be well on their way to a potential max semifinal game next week. Down goes Curtis Rourke, who appeared to suffer a right knee injury. He came out undressed, um, just kind of in street clothes with a big brace and ice on that right knee, which is, of course, for a quarterback, is a very important leg because that is the leg that you push off to throw the football on. Um, not what you want to see if you're Tim Albin and his group, but he was really impressed with how his group kind of regathered. Obviously, it felt like the air was sucked out of, out of the stadium once that happened. It was just kind of an awkward feeling because you have a guy like that go down, a leader. You don't really know how your team's going to respond, and the defense kind of picked up, huh, Maria? Yeah, they they still looked um, – they did pick up in the second half, obviously losing a guy like – Curtis, who is not only he's a team leader and a captain, so not having him there obviously um, really impacts them. But the defense did step up, and like Sam Wiglu said in the post game, just they've had guys be hurt all year, so this is something that they're um, used to. They're used to battling injuries, but obviously when you have a player as significant as your quarterback, um, that really hurts. But I'm hoping all the best for Curtis, and they got a big game next Tuesday, so against Bowling Green, so it's going to be really, really important to see what happens ahead of that game. Yeah, it was such a weird roller coaster last night because they go up 17-3, to everything's feeling great, Curtis goes down, all of a sudden you hit rock bottom. They end up gutting it out, the defense steps up, they get a safety, they force three turnovers on the night. They end up winning 32-18, so vibes are good. Then you're watching that Bowling Green-Toledo game. If Bowling Green lost, OU would have gone to the MAC. Uh, championship game. They would have been Mac East champions just by proxy of the Bowling Green loss, but it was just so back and forth. That game was an instant classic. Bowling Green was up 21 to nothing. All of a sudden, it was a close game. All of a sudden, Toledo takes the lead by one with 52 seconds left, I think, was on the clock, and you're sitting there like, oh my gosh, it's going to happen. Maria and I were right next to the locker room. They were losing their minds. So they go from the highest high, lowest low, and then they're right back up there. Um, and then obviously, the I think like three plays later, Bowling Green ended up scoring, so it just deflated them again. It was such a interesting experience to be a part of because it was just so up and down. Um, but it sets up a winner-go-home max semifinal game, if you will, next week. And Tim Alvin, he's told us, he said he doesn't care uh, who he's got. They're going to still take this week the same. They're going to prepare the same. Um, and they're going to come with a game plan to hopefully punch a ticket to Detroit. And I, I believe it. with the way this defense has been playing, they, they look pretty good. 
Yeah, they're back home, back at Peden, like Kai Caesar said in postgame, they don't lose on the Frank. Super exciting. Just they won every game at home, and the season finale makes it even more exciting. So Tim talks about the fans all the time. So I think being back in front of them will be super beneficial, especially in a game and an atmosphere like this one will be with the stakes this high. Can't get higher than this. So just um, obviously they're still fighting for it, and it's going to be a big one. And that was WUB Sports Director Aiden Crowley and WUB's Associate Sports Director Maria Manassi. One beloved Ohio men's basketball player is ecstatic to be back on the court after a painful injury took him out last season. And his teammates are happy to have him. WUB reporter Darius Sethna has more. Ladies and gentlemen, he's back. Ohio University basketball star Dwight Wilson III returns to action this year for his final season with the Bobcats. Wilson missed all of last season due to an ACL tear, and the team is very happy to have him back, and with good reason. Wilson was part of Ohio's magical run to the 2021 NCAA tournament. He averaged a team-high eight rebounds per game and finished as a top-three scorer on the squad that year. Uh, for sure, man. Appreciate y'all having me and talking to me and everything. And I had the chance to talk with Wilson III last week at one of the team's practices. He told me about how excited he is to get back out on the court. I wanted to not only come back, but come back and make a statement. And, you know, there was that took a different kind of grind and a different kind of energy and a different kind of motivation going into my workouts. And it was pretty much like, you know, we can't waste a day. You know, we can't just come in here and, you know, say we did the work. You know, it takes a different kind of work, a different kind of discipline. And that was something, especially with going into my last year with the dreams that I have, you know, the plan was set out for me, you know, I kind of, you know, made that decision, you know, this is what I'm going to do. There's no ands and buts about it. And, you know, this is what's going to lead to us, me being able to help the team to have a great season. The Bobcats roster witnessed some major changes during the offseason. Last year's roster had players like Mark Sears, Ben Vanderplas, and Jason Carter. All three of those players averaged over 13 points per game. After losing both Sears and Vanderplas to the transfer portal, as well as Carter graduating, the Bobcats are in the middle of a youth movement. Over the offseason, the team welcomed nine new faces. Six of them are freshmen. That makes players like Wilson III one of the elder statesmen on the team. It is a role that he takes great pride in having. Wilson III told me about how Ohio head coach Jeff Bowles challenged him and other seniors like Ben Roderick and Miles Brown to lead the team on the court this year. Yeah, you know, um, after the season, you know, Bowles told me, you know, you're going to have to be the leader of this team. You're going to have to you know, help everybody along, along with um, Miles and B-Rod. And he said, it's particularly us three have to, you know, pretty much re revamp the culture. You know, um, they pretty much, you know, told us that, you know, we're starting from the ground up and we're not accepting nothing less than a championship, you know, so and he's like, you guys can't be just the coaches. This has to be player led. And, you know, everybody on this team, even the freshmen, you know, want to win. So, you know, we kind of enveloped that with open arms and, you know, it gives us a sense to establish our own identity. This will no doubt be an exciting year for Ohio men's basketball. 
but Wilson III has taken nothing for granted in his journey to get back on the court. Just embracing every moment, um, you know, just going out there and being going to war with my brothers and competing for a championship, I think it's the biggest thing. And, you know, just seeing where God takes me throughout this season and where he takes our team and how we all grow as people and the memories we're going to make and everything like that, I think that was, that's the biggest thing I'm looking forward to. No matter the ups or downs the team may go through, Wilson is excited to suit back up for the green and white. You know, I'm, I'm just going to try to uh, stay, stay as present as I can and not worry about the, you know, so much as the end result until it gets to, to that point. But I think for now, I'm just going to enjoy every moment, every day with my teammates and my coaches and, you know, have as much fun as I can in my last year. Reporting for The Outlet, I am Darius Sessna. Things are ramping up in Southeast Ohio for high school football. I'm joined by Gridiron Glory host Jacob Mata to talk just a little bit about the upcoming finale. Yeah, this Friday, November 18th at 11.30 on WUB, you could catch the Gridiron Glory finale. We've got the five Player of the Year candidates uh, coming on the show, and they are we're going to announce who wins Gridiron Glory Player of the Year. And then it's also the reveal of our all-GG team, 50 players from around the 7-4 region to showcase you know just how hard they've been playing. It's staff-picked, so we've got a good list together. And then you can also stick around for the great Friday games we have on the slate. Ironton's taking on Harvest Prep. Bloom Carroll is taking on Bishop Watterson. It's going to be really good two Friday games. And then we've also got previews for Newark Catholic River and Bel Air Fort Fry, which are going on on Saturday. So there's a lot of action that you're not going to want to miss. You can tune in at 11.30 p.m. on WOUB. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is produced each week by me, Taylor Burnett. We're edited by Atish Bardia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. You can find us online at woub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at newswatch underscore woub. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio.